I've heard of those names, but man, I'm so, so bad. There's so many you of them. You can be like, Mark? I'll be like, who's Mark? Right now, do, you listen, do you listen to podcasts? <laughs> I do. I okay. do. And I do agree that it's a, uh, it's a great medium where, um, you know, as the culture went to so much information, then everyone manipulated that information. And so right. now you can't really trust it or you don't, you know, you don't subscribe to any of it. So you actually subscribe to people just talking, you know, because right. th there's something you, when I hear you talk or, you know, if I can tell if it's genuine or authentic or where right. they're coming from and, and what place. So, and you can sort of, uh, find, find a good, a good area there where you're like, cool, I could take something from that, you know, as right. opposed to most mediums, you just go like, man, I feel bad. Why did I do that? Why was I watching mm. that? Why was I looking at that? Waste of time. <laughs> uh, but isn't it funny that people will subscribe just to people having conversations now? It's that, almost like I lost art. That's where we've gotten to, man, right. because, uh, yeah, it's also manipulated and agenda driven in so many different right. ways that uh i just don't know you're always mm. trying to poke holes and stuff and you shouldn't always be looking at everything that way in terms of being like skeptical or like manipulative mm. like where what did that person really mean mm. you know they were marketing mm. to me this way but what were they really trying to do you know okay. and that, uh, that's not healthy i would say like intention also um with that also in the same thread as when people are saying something, what's their intention behind it? Is it to is it just to forget more to get more attention, or is it to really help somebody? Like I would say, constructive feedback or like constructive criticism, criticism versus like just being mean or manipulative. Yeah, and I'm just and I just sort of look at the way how just marketing is, you know, uh, like sleazy. Well, no, just sort of like what are they really trying to, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's me to a fault, really, though. I shouldn't Is that, look too far into it. Do you do overanalyze things a lot? Um, I think there's a... No, there's probably a healthy balance in that because mm -hmm. I think a lot of the times I'm pretty, you know, ocean-minded, I guess, mm -hmm. where I'm just like, what's happening today? Sure. You know, not head in the clouds, but... Um, but I don't know. Marketing is a little different because I I um I really enjoy mm. like do this and pe how people react or think to it, you know. Mm. Um, and then something that I think is dumb, people still think is cool. And some things sure. I think is cool like doesn't resonate with anybody. Right, teach their own. Mm -hmm. I always say, and it's whatever I say would do whatever makes you happy as long as you're not hurting anybody. And you said ocean minded. That's pretty fitting for you. Yeah, well, just where it's just like, what are the waves doing today? And, yeah. you know, so there is a bit of uh, going with the flow, moving target, um, and then not overanalyzing things because, mm. yeah, that's... And, and then not so, here's the itinerary for the day. Here's the itinerary for the week. So here's rigid. the... Right. Yeah. Like, I got a little even anxiety when I was like, oh, I got to go meet Mark at 10 a.m. You know, it's, it's funny <laughs> is like, I really, I like structure in a way of, I'm doing something, I guess it would make me more anxious to say, like, if I don't meet this time, I'm going to be late and there's consequences. But I've heard that a lot more lately is um, people getting anxiety just from having, like, one thing a week or two things a week they have to meet, right? Mm. And whenever I look at, not, I'll say, like, successful people, when I, when I think of someone who is prominent or powerful, right, I always think... They have a schedule, they have their itinerary, they know exactly what they're doing when they wake up or like ever soon after they wake up, right? 
And the more I'm hearing is, it really just depends on the person, right? <laughs> Some people are just very go with the flow, very, like what you're saying, what are the waves doing today? And some people just makes more sense to have everything written out. Yeah, it is. Um, what was I thinking of? It it's like it's it almost reminds me of like going for a workout or a run mm-hmm. or something where you're like you don't want to do it, but then after you're done, you feel really good. Right. It's right, like right. if you write something down, then when you check it off the box, it feels really good. Sure. Or you're like, oh gosh, I don't want to meet this person, but then when when you're done, you're like, well, I feel really accomplished. So it <laughs> is. There is a good balance in that sense. Mm-hmm that um you just gotta you know gravitate towards the latter um and and that's how those sort of people get to it but i think those people too when they look at uh like coaches and all these things that people are like really into nowadays Mm -hmm. it it really turns them off a little bit coaches and like life coaches or yeah well just in the sense of like if you do this this will make your business so much better and you're like "Uh, yeah right and right. so, I don't know. I guess I guess there's a healthy balance in it, though. I've always had a strange skepticism of hard numbers when it comes to, I'll say marketing again. The, uh, not like sleaziness, but everything being so concrete. And I guess when people act so certain about something that will happen in terms of, I guess, business performance. Just, uh, to me, everything is very ebb and flow. You can't like be 100% certain about anything. And I think it's really funny when people are saying, you know, this will increase your business by this percentage. If you do these, these one, two, three, right? And I, that's, I don't think it's reality because humans are unpredictable in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's not. It's not because in the sense of like, listen, you're going you're gonna to win some and you're going to lose some. Right. You know, you're going to put, put the bat on the ball sometimes and you're not because there's, you know, the person that you are, the people that you attract, mm-hmm. and then... The environment that you're in, the timing, the there's just like so many ingredients that you're just going. Wait a minute, mine's not going to taste the same way yours is going to taste. No, right. Yeah, yeah. It's with ba- I want to play baseball. So I played through college. Um, you can do everything right and still fail. Mm. So if you bat 300, so if you fail seven out of ten times, you'll still be in the Hall of Fame in the major leagues. So you can do everything right and prepare the best you can and still perform and still fail. And I, that's how I kind of look at life is like, there's nothing concrete. There's nothing certain, no guarantees. Right. And I feel that everyone wants that guarantee. Everyone wants that hundred percent certainty and they they'll get stressed. They get a lot of anxiety when things aren't going that exact plan. I love that baseball analogy because it made me think of like, I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I'm, I'm always drawn to it because of the unpredictability in that manner it's such a numbers game that they've squeezed everything into data and but like the guy that bats you know under 200 for the whole year Mm -hmm. and then you know the playoff game he puts his he hits every time like well go figure like (laughs) There's just things you can't figure out. And the guy that was like, you know, working two jobs, pulled him up from the minor and he's like, was a closer. It's just like the, um, like that's life. That right. is how life works, right. you know? And right. it's just like the, the parallel there that you're like, yeah, that could be me. Like that could be anyone, mm-hmm. even in this numbers, everything's got to be this way world. Um, and it's, it, there's, it's so beautiful in that, in that sense. Right. And that's, um, I think that's what I wanted to highlight with this podcast is, I, when that you mentioned like 
someone working two jobs get pulled up from the miners, right? Um, that kind of mentality and like showing your backbone. So that's what I call backbone broadcast. More like mental strength, mental well-being, physical well-being as well. Um, so we partnered with a nonprofit called the Male Wellness Collective, and we want to bring together, you know, mostly men. Not going to discriminate. We want everyone to come on the show, but looking out for men's mental health and well-being, and providing them resources for them to better themselves. Not saying that they have a problem that they're the, that they are a problem, but just to, I would say, provide the resources to help them improve their lives. Right? Because I feel like. And there's research done that show that men are the least likely to talk about their mental health and talk about challenges they face, I'd say less than women, right? I mean, uh, I was very surface, you know, Marcus started looking into the backbone, mm-hmm. um, and I still don't know a lot about it, sure. but um, I did gravitate towards the fact that um, it is, bec- I mean, in the sense of like men just need like-minded men to just to speak, um, you know, these things just out into the, you know, out of their mouths, really. And that is, I mean, that's like, that's like they say showing up, you know, it's like, oh, that's like 90% of the battle just showing up. It's like, like, like 90% of men staying in the battle is just finding a like-minded dude walking in the same direction in the same season and then just speaking stuff out that they're dealing with. And it's just like, whoa, that Mm -hmm. that's like, such a remedy that we just but you have to create that and you have to have that um you have to have that you know there's opportunities right yeah and that's really hard to find because you have to be intentional and you have to seek that out and you have to provide those things because it not for every man that just doesn't show up on their doorstep like Mm -hmm. you know johnny next door is my best friend and we're working through the same exact stuff like no not at all um, I'd, I'd say it's more of a male stigma to be self-reliant. I'd say also a Western thing to be more self-reliant, a more masculine thing. Um, and we've seen the paradigm shift with women want like being equal, right, and that self-reliance. But I think more so in men is they don't want to be seen as weak or like seen as needing help, quote unquote, of they need something to help them get better or be better, right? There are a lot of like dating app or not dating app, dating advice, like dating coaches or wealth building coaches, but not a lot of mental health outlets, like mental health podcasts, I'll say too, that are like widely available. I just, you know, on, on that note, when, when, as you're saying that I'm thinking, I'm just like, there's just not like good leaders, Mm. like and and I'm not saying like oh nostalgia like it was always better back then, but like sure. I would imagine like George Washington, Lincoln, like you know I'm I imagine there's like there was a time when like you had to be a really good leader, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I just think as men look around, we don't have really great great examples, and you really gotta like, you know, sift through the you know a lot of it to find like well that guy's you know, has these qualities that mm. he, you know, is sort of handles his, you know, kingdom. Well, and mm. that could be his house. That could sure. be a farm. That could be, it, it could be a lot of different things when I say that. Um, but yeah, we just don't, we don't know where to turn and look to go like, there's the example. Mm. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I need right there. Boom. Um, it's just hard to find. There's just, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of bad ones out there, you know. What do you, what do you think makes a good leader? Um, that's a great question, man. 
Yeah, because I could sit here and talk about it like, yeah, this guy's, you know, or um, Mm -hmm. what makes a great leader? For me in my life right now, if I had to, you know, turn that internally, um, it would just be finding the areas that that I'm that haven't been. Um, I mean, I do want to use the word restored, but not even so much restored. Just finding the areas that like that make me hurt or uncomfortable, or um, you know, like for example, um, like I I surfed my whole life. Like clearly, I was given the gift to do that, mm-hmm. and. Um, so you could come up to me and rag on me and be like, oh, that, or if I would blow it surfing. Sure. Um, it didn't touch any parts of me. And then I found out when I retired, I started getting into a lot of other things. I was doing sales, and then I started getting into real estate with my wife. And I could tell that, like, I had to work in these areas. It wasn't as easy. And then when people would get on me and sort of like, you know, and they were teaching me they were trying to help it was constructive but dude it was like really really hurt Mm. and i would sit there and i'd be like okay your wife is trying to help you out of course she might sound like she's ragging on you a little bit but why does that make you feel so hurt and so Mm. uncomfortable and so such like a loser you know and then so like i would have so i had to like go on those journeys of being like okay what are those areas that are not maybe not formed or not they haven't you know, ever been touched before um, Mm. and sort of build those things. So back to like what makes a great leader is just finding, not going towards those areas that you're good at, but finding those areas that you're bad at. And, and, you know, for me, it was going to the father, the creator, God, and be like, all right, God, you made me. These areas are lacking. How do you want to restore them? How do you want to make them better? Um, because clearly they hurt and make me feel uncomfortable. And when those things happen, then I, you know, this is the symptoms that follow. And, um, just sort of winding the tape and really going in and looking at those things, um, and then practice and practice and practice. And and then, so to be able to do that and then do that over and over again, and you do see people in business that do that really good. right? Right. Um, and then sometimes their, you know, maybe their personal life will, will be lacking. So I think it's just doing those things across the board, um, over and over again every day can make a really good leader. Mm-hmm. I think you know, pulling more attention to your, not say faults, but challenges that you, I'd say bringing opportunity to your challenges that you face or looking at things you're not quite good at, right? And working to improve those rather than just sticking what you're good at. Yep. Right? And that's the hardest part is that looking for what you're bad at and trying to improve that it's almost counterintuitive, right? That um, That's such a good point because literally that's what I had to do. I had to go, okay, well, what am I really bad at? And I figured like, okay, I played, you know, obviously for me, the physical is easier than the mental, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I can learn things. I'm not the dumbest person, but the physical is just easier. And then sure. when I go to the physical side, I, um, I'm flexible, I have some cardio and then mm-hmm. strength, like in that order. Like I'm not really, really strong. Sure. I'm more flexible and all these things. But like just identifying these things that are like I can, can clearly understand, you know, and then just trying to put words to these other areas that are inside me that um, that need work, like you're saying, that there are challenges um, and taking that same approach, you know, um, 
And a guy that's really smart that does great in business, like he might not even know how to decode the physical side. Right. You know? Um, and then just constantly reproducing that because if you constantly go to those areas that you're not good at. So um, I went from surfing and playing in the water like literally my whole life to like, okay, what am I the worst at? Um, and I was like running. I'm mm. the slowest I can mm. be. I um, clearly, I do not have a gift. Clearly it hurts. Clearly it makes me feel the most uncomfortable. This is very challenging for me, right. you right. know? Um and then I just starting to like, okay, if that's the, if that's a smaller picture that, you know, can relate to all these other things in my life, well then what can I get from it? And, um, and then, so I, so to be able to show up in a, for me to be able to show up in a non-performance way, like you're doing something every day and like taking the performance out of it has been really helpful because then I've been able to go into these areas that. I'm not good at also, but not try to perform, not mm. like not show up where like you say something and maybe that's lacking in me. So then my symptom would be like, oh yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> oh, I did. I did that yesterday. Like right. I'm, I'm, I'm good at that. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. You know, that's me just operating out of an area that I'm lacking, you know? Got it. And I never did that with surfing. Hmm. If someone said that with surfing, I never even said, I'm like, yeah, whatever you say, I'm like, I'm cool. Like it did, did touch these in areas. So was were you just naturally gifted at saying the surfing, or just like more naturally attuned to that? I knew like that God had given me that gift because I've seen it over and over, over mm -hmm. again. Even when there was times where I'd blow it and I'd be like, "All right, let me see. I'm not gonna surf for like a month or two months, and then I'm gonna show up to this contest." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I would even like test it, like, and I'd be like man, I'd really have to blow it to, for this gift not to. But, like, I really, really believed it. So then, so if you know, for me to know that much then and have a relationship with that, I, I now had a measuring stick mm -hmm. to put to, whoa, I'm really bad at this. So so you would you would kind of test how, like, you would test how far you need to go to blow it for surfing. Mm -hmm. You would say, like, how long can I go without practicing or not going on the waves yep. before I get to a comp, right? Mm-hmm like how you said two months out yeah Without well i lived in orlando board? the last five years of right. my uh you know of my of my career before i retired mm. in two you know in 2015 mm. so um well maybe not that long maybe it was like three or four years but right um yeah i would just spend time with my family because i was missing them so much i was like gotta retire gotta retire mm. and then trying mm. to find an exit plan um and then you just gotta jump off the cliff you know right. so um but then that's a hard transition going to you know, um, but I think what I was getting at was just still the the learning that process mm -hmm. of these areas that you're not good at. So then, because I mean, what the goal I was going for was like, well, I want to be, I got off to or I retired to be with my family mm -hmm. and to be a husband and be a father. Well, that's the area I'm the worst at. So how do I get better at that and recognizing those areas that because I was showing up in a really bad way and then I'd show up in a bad way, then it would it would hurt. It would feel hurtful to me. Um, and then and then, yeah, then I'd medicate it with, you know, drinking all the time. Then I got bigger mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that sort of just started that effect. So I was like, all right, how do you rewind that tape and learning those skills Um but uh, you know what? I did have a couple men that I walked through that with, mm -hmm. um, which was really helpful. And actually, I still, to this day, um, even this morning, I ran 
um, with one of those dudes. Um, and we've come a long way, man. There's some times where like, gosh, dude, like still get beat up totally in the fight, but man, we've kind of come a long way. Yeah. Yeah. How did you, so you said you were drinking a lot. How did that, I don't like to say how did it start, but how did you recognize you're in that hole to get out of it? I, you know, I think there was a, there is a season, you know, so I was like trying to respect the season, um, but it was new. Um, and it's just, it was just, I was hurting in areas. So you just go, well, well, I'll just numb it and it'll get through it. But like, and I know that's cliche, but I think what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is, is um, for me. And I think a lot of men do it too. It's like, well, I'm providing Mm -hmm. and, um, there's a house, there's food on the table, Mm -hmm. the bills are paid for. So now I got to get out of jail free card to be a freaking not showing up when I come home, you know, be a bit of an a-hole, not take care of myself. So I, you know, it's really easy to go, yeah, look, I because I do that, then I, you know, I got a free pass and all this other stuff, mm. you know? Mm. And then, but then realizing like over after a season, we're like, well, that is not how, that's not how you stay in the fight. That's actually how you like tap out every time you know, when you walk through that door. So, and then it was, so clearly I recognized that and clearly, um, and then it was just figuring out the tools, you know, um, which I, that I didn't know Mm -hmm. that I didn't know was like, okay, this is needed for this, this, and this. And over the period of time, um, and that's another reason why when I sort of got into running, I was like, I gravitated to like long distance because that reminded me of this is the long game because I came from surfing or like you talk baseball and stuff where you are so in the moment. Sure. Like every time all I had to do was be like so locked in that moment. And I would almost remind myself just like, Hey, no one's going to like you. You'll never be nothing. If you don't make this one heat right now for 30 minutes, like if you don't do, and like, I would believe those things and I'd go out there and it'd help me perform. And that would be, Hmm. that would be, but being so locked in the moment, like competing in that sense is healthy. But then when you're retire, oh my gosh, that's like the most unhealthy thing you could do. Oh, and what's the difference between like in season versus retired mentality with the same thought process? Well, for me, there was no, because like when I was in season, I could just, even though it would be a little bit longer in between drinks, I'd always have the mindset like, dude, I'm only one win away. Like if I win a mm-hmm. contest, everything's taken care of. Right. All the all the things that I lack, boom, people will overlook it. Mm. They'll get it's a, they'll let me slide. You're mm. winning. You're doing whatever, you're done, you're doing right. your job, you know? Yeah. Um but then when you out of season or when you retire, that doesn't even exist. Like there's no uh, yeah. I'm just gonna show up next week, lock into the moment and um if I do that this weekend then boom, everything's taken care of. You know what's funny is I in college we'd always say I think my mentality I brought with my teammates was you can do whatever you want Thursday night as long as you show up Friday night and sh- and play, right? You can, if you want to go out drinking, as long as you show up and perform, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. As long as you perform. That changes when you're not playing anymore. So Thursday night turns into Friday night, turns into Saturday night, all the way through the whole week. You're doing that. You, didn't, you don't stop. You don't have a performance metric, right? Yeah. That's what it turns into, I think. And for, I personally didn't have that problem, so I'm, I can't really empathize with that. Um, but I would see it a lot 
and it you, you kind of like put a band-aid on it like okay i performed i showed up or like yeah i played a few games this weekend i can i can afford like a few beers right um that all changes we're not playing anymore we're not working out regularly you don't have that excuse and it turns into your whole lifestyle just turns into that other mm-hmm. side right and i feel like well how did how did your lifestyle change going from in the season to retiring? Um, and then where do you find to that point? Like, where do you find the drive from? Right. Like if that too. was the metric and that would make you tidy up or laser right. focus in, um, and then, then that's also removed. So not only does it bleed into each other, but mm-hmm. there, you don't even have something to look towards and just go, so then that's why that that's why that long game is so vital. Right. You know, that's why me shifting from that mentality in the season to out of the season like the long game. Mm-hmm. Like no, this is this is a a 3-year plan, a 10-year plan, uh, you know, so being able to just discipline and get the get you know narrow things over time mm-hmm. and seeing the joy and finding the things that that come from that was like look you just don't it's it's counterintuitive to the you know the person that or the athlete that makes is living that way it's mm-hmm. it's a real complete um they're they're pretty opposites in in general so cool because you learn a lot and you have a metric stick to put it to it's but bad because it's just like whoa it's gonna take time mm-hmm. some people do it better than others obviously you see some athletes like well you made a great transition and honestly from i i totally feel from the outside if you looked at me you'd be like up oh, he made the best transition that was as smooth as it ever could be i feel like people would look at me and say that but like i know you know i know it was tough mm-hmm. for sure and and it's i'll always be you know, forever on that. Um, but yeah, I know. I think I kind of jumped a couple of different areas there. Yeah, no, it, um, I was going to bring it to the long game. And when I think, you know, one, three, five year plans, right. I think very like tightly planned itinerary style, right. This is what goal, this is what number we're going to hit. This is what we're going to do. And I guess from a mentality of like a go with the wave ocean mentality, right. Um, how does that look for you in terms of like long term? long game or long-term plans yeah it's sort of um just blending those together you know when we would uh when we would surf we would say you know it's a moving target mm-hmm. right you know like here's the game plan here's everything um and you'll go out there and do that but this is clearly a moving target so clearly you are going to instinctively go going on the fly mm-hmm. you know um and and that in that sense that's that's really a lot like life over a, you know, a long period of time. Um, and I think one thing that you can't, that we touched on before too, with, with baseball and even in sports too, is like, there is an understanding when you do sports, like, well, like for me in my career, like I was on tour for 17 years. So Mm -hmm. I served for 17 years on the championship level. I only won four times. Mm. I won in Tahiti, Spain, Japan and France. Mm. Um, there might have been that. This, I mean, there was a bunch of other ones, but those were the major ones that that people sort of look to. Sure. So I'm on tour for 17 years. I went four times. Like, you know, it's that guy that's just like, 
Bro, I had a batting average all year of, and I hit one grand slam. Right. The perfect moment. Mm, like, you okay. know, so I do think there is a part of that there you, that I was able to take over too and go, listen, over a period of time doing something, even if you fail over and over and over again, people will think it's successful, you know? Hmm. Um, so I was able to to have that reality and believe, well, that's true because I've seen it um, not only in my own life. Um, so... That sort of helped me out with the long game a, a lot as well. Um, you just don't need to be locked in in the moment every second. You know? Right, right. I would, hmm. That's interesting you say that because when I think surfing, I'm like dangerous in the ocean, middle of nowhere, have to be locked in. I mean, I'm, well, you saying locked in over a season might be looking different than locked in at the event. Well, when I mean locked in, I mean like that's in the batter's box where you're like, right. you know, and you're everything is tuned out and you yeah, are yeah. just like, and that locked in is like just, you have to be, when I talk about the moving target and all these things, like you have to be locked in to be able to instinctively, you know, have that side of your brain work. And then also the, you know, very analytical, like this sure. is the game plan. And those to for those to be operating like in unison at the same time, you there's that's that's it, right? You can't be thinking about anything else. No, I've never surfed, so I'm like really curious of like how that works, right? Is well when I say locked in, I'm like looking at like the pitcher looking at his arm slot, we call it, of where like where his hands gonna be when he mm-hmm. throws, right? But like what does that locked in look for surfers? Um a good example is you know exact like you see a wave and you go okay, that's the wave I want. That's mm-hmm. the one I'm looking for. But it's not, it, I mean, that's every sense, like the way you felt when it was coming towards you, how, you know, all these intricacies of this wave that you have just duplicated um, with all your senses and you and you remind yourself that over and over and like, that's it, that's it. And then when that comes, boom, you you, you know it. And that's the same thing with anything. You're just like, You've taken all this analytical side and you're going, that's the pitch I'm looking for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he does this, 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 and this, and this ball is looking like this, right. that, that's it, dude. Yeah. That is my, and you're so lasered in and it's, it, it's all those things. And just like with surfing and just like with any other sports, you've taken, um, you know, these things that you have good instincts because you've done it your whole life. Yeah. And then, and then you just do that with the moment and the pressure and everything. And it's just, it can, can create these moments that are, that are special, you know, and that's it, dude. That's the same thing that (laughs) happens in, in every, every sport. And I think your, your brain and your eyes and your nose and your ears, they all, they, they do process it a similar way. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, um, I'd say like a, like a flow state. You just kind of, uh. Your brain is working; it's, it's getting challenged, and you're succeeding at this like at a very, at almost like the same rate. So your your focus tends to block, like blur everything else out. So you're just you're in the moment, and you're not really thinking about anything else. But I, I guess like from a different perspective, when I see a surfer, I'm like that seems much more dangerous to be locked in at a higher level, right? Um, versus baseball to me, from that outside view. Yeah, but. Um... Dangerous is definitely a relative word because, sure. um, w- you know, I hadn't like 
when I took the real estate exam, I was, t my wife was like, dude, come on. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, honey, like, uh, you know, you could put me in the most dangerous situation in the world. Like this feels way more challenging and dangerous to me. What? Like just because there's so many areas that I'm lacking in that like a test, because I haven't taken a test in, you know, 20 years. Sure. Um, so that felt really scary. Hmm. Um, and so I think, the dangerous is like, oh my gosh, dude, there's no way I'm going to sit in that batter's box with the pitch coming <laughs> that fast, you right. know? Like, right. so dangerous is very relative mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. what the person is um, used to, you know? So uh, definitely, definitely that's, you know, but so then it is, it is real similar in right. that sense, you know? Right. And I think dangerous is just the thing that makes you feel alive, right? So the danger yeah. is what makes you come alive. So mm -hmm. and when you come alive, then you're like then you're able to enter that, you know, whether you call it the flow state or whatever, but yeah. like look, and I tell myself and I tell my kids and everything, it's like everything's hard until you do it. Like anything's everything's really really hard, but then when you do it, what's like kids do it all the time. I you know, right. that was easy. Right. My 8-year-old, <laughs> that was easy. I'm like well, it was it was it was mm -hmm. easy once you did it, mm -hmm. but before that happened, you probably thought it was really hard. Right. And that's like everything. Yeah. It's like you're climbing this hill, and you look back, you're like, that wasn't so hard. Look at all the ground covered, right? <laughs> yeah. What's um? Well, out in Claremont, there's this ten mile clay loop that long mm -hmm. distance. Have you been there? Yeah. Yeah. So it's I love going out there because you can physically see the ground you've covered for you know like a mile out, right? Mm -hmm. You can look over the hills and be like, I already did that. I can look back and say I covered that. And I feel like that's helped me a lot in the past of, oh, I've played so many years of college baseball, but, you know, I've made it to this level. Look how far I've come versus my freshman year versus now my senior year. Um, or even other things like even here, recording here, it's this is just an idea. Mm -hmm. I have, you know, Seth and I came up with and Mike, Dr. Mike from uh, Mel Wellness Collective. It was just an idea, just a talking point, And then now we're here. And it's like, look how far we've come. And that wasn't so hard. And though it looked so daunting at the beginning, mm -hmm. like to do all that work and that mountain, but just kind of take it um, for the hill, for the small hills that lead up to the mountain, right? Yeah, I mean, like I even touched on before at the beginning where I was just like, you know, now I'm running with my buddy and we're like, dude, look how far we've come. Yeah. Like, I didn't know I could get here. Right. You know, I mean, like. How far do you run now? Not even, no, not on a running side, but from a, f a husband and, uh, um, oh, okay, yeah, 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 so we look at each other and, I, you know, I, honestly it has nothing to do with the running. It's yeah. just a look at how far we've come in our life. Like we're showing up, mm -hmm. you know, with our kids, we enjoy it. Um, you know, we're showing up with our wives. We enjoy it. We're trying mm -hmm. to be better. Clearly this challenges. Um, but we've come a long way mm -hmm. and, um, and it hasn't, that has nothing to do with the physical, mm -hmm. The, you know, the physical is is just a way to get us together at that point and talk mm -hmm. about those things. In terms of, like, long-term relationships, what, um, how far, like, I don't say how far, right? But what, how do you think you grew as a husband to, like, not provide, but to show up for your wife? I think, um... Or for, I'd say, like, more for, like, advice from, like, for younger guys looking for that. Well, I think there's a lot of things that happen in relationships that feel really, really real, mm. and but they're not actually true. There's, like, mm, like what? There's, 
you're there's things that you're happening in a relationship where like okay so like me and you are talking right sure. and we and we just met and you could do something i wouldn't take it as anything mm-hmm. i wouldn't take it as anything it wouldn't wouldn't even touch me wouldn't even show up on the radar mm-hmm. Now, if my wife was in this room and she was doing something and let's just say she accidentally hit those books or accidentally hit something mm-hmm. off, my, 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 whoa, what was she mad about? What's going uh, on? Like, whoa, yeah. what, you know, like, so it, it will affect me. So that when you're in relationships, there's things that are happening that they feel really true, but they're not. Okay. And so for, that's what real that helped me out a lot, you know, and, um, even going through a divorce helped me out a lot. And all these things helped me because it's just like, hey, listen, you know, I can freely love this person because they could walk out any second. But I'm also not going to take every moment that happens and try to put a true feeling to it because it's not always that way, you know? Right. So, and then when you're able to show up where um, you do your best mm-hmm. and you're in every feeling that you feel, you're not putting something to that. It's just it's just lighter and easier, and the relationship sure. just just goes better. Um, uh, so that would be the advice I would give. Hey, the things that you feel a thousand percent are not the truest thing mm-hmm. that isn't mm-hmm. actually going on or happening. It feels really real to you, mm-hmm. and it feels really really maybe uncomfortable in that moment. But that's not even true. Right. That's not even the truest thing that's really, going on right now. At the point, it's subjective reality, not yep. objective, right? Hmm. Yeah, I I run into that sometimes too. Is like, why am I feeling this way? Do, is this what actually happened? Like, does that person also feel that's what happened too, right? And even the symptom of that, a lot of times, is you'll see like that men that just blow things up, right? They they literally just go, oh yeah, he went and drank for three days, or mm-hmm. he, I just started yelling started yelling i just made a fight out of nothing mm-hmm. right because that would be a like the when those things feel that way then if it gets too much then we got we guys just blow it up mm-hmm. it's like yeah watch this here goes the tnt mm-hmm. dynamite stick <laughs> you lob it in there yeah. what about this word i feel really crappy right now this is not even happening right now and you're just like chuck a word in there and then it just goes for you know world war ii just, what <laughs> just to uh spice things up or just you think? Uh, well, well no, I just, that? I just think that's a symptom for, our uh, for me, a symptom is for me when I'm, I think those things are real and I feel those things are real and I'm just going, you know what? Watch this, f mm. that, and mm. you just lob a grenade in there mm. and you essentially just light something on fire that literally hadn't. Why'd you light that on fire? That yeah. was dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, so just sort of. And then recognizing when you do those things, like, right. wow, I just freaking went scorched earth and none of that needed to happen. Needed to happen, right? Yeah. Hmm. Do you, do you feel like, well, how did you get to the point where you could analyze situations and not need to do that? Or not saying that you did that, right? But like, what, what led you to that mentality of, oh, that happens. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Um, yeah, just rewinding the tape going, yeah. okay, I did those things. This was the outcome. Like, okay, what led up to it yeah. over time? Okay, well, how do, you know, how do I not do that? Mm-hmm. And well, like, well, this happened to be a symptom of this and because I did felt this way and this is what, and then it's okay, like, well, you know, and just, just walking through that with, you know, 
other men and yeah. other and and someone could just tell you a similar story like you could literally say right. tell me the same something that happened to you i could not say a word and just you feel better mm-hmm. and the whole time i'm thinking like i did that this morning right you know dude you could i mean what have what helps me the most is being able to talk about things i'm going through even to have someone listen mm-hmm. right even the what you're saying just to have someone else that's maybe been through something similar give like a sentence of wisdom or like past experience or a shared experience, right? That would help me feel like, oh, this is normal. This is, I can also get through this, right? Um, I think that, I feel like we need to be a little more open about those things. And and not like admitting fault, but like admitting, yeah, I've also went through that, right? Mm -hmm. You're, because now you've invited someone in and, and they don't even really have to say anything, but they've given you, and I don't think affirmation every around every corner is a good thing sure but you've gotten that in in a way by just speaking that i'm like you know like dude you're doing good man like sure. that's cool you know like so you've gotten that thing where i'm just like yeah everyone else is walking through that I, yeah. you know other people are doing that and that's affirming that like it's gonna be okay mm-hmm. you know like yeah. it's all right and then you can move on and and yeah and there's a lot of guys out there that don't have that um even when, so when my father passed, he would be, I looked at him as almost a metric for my life too, because I kind of followed in similar footsteps. Um, but he was someone I looked towards and saying, he's lived a life that I want to live and kind of model that after like my own. And so when he would say good job, I'm like, great, I'm going to, I'm on a path. Like, I'm, I'm on the way. Mm-hmm. And not having that anymore has led to this like not avoid but like needing that from something right so i've been so blessed to like have seth introduce me to guys like you introduce me to like dr mike and and ernest wiggins who just had on uh, a couple days ago and have guys like that that have had have had that life experience and struggles and successes right to give that affirmation be like hey you're doing a good job that's even just that sentence right can help so many young men better themselves and kind of I, I say separate from the we from the chaff of what to do and what not to do mm-hmm. and give some guidance i feel like that's what we want to do here as well as provide those opportunities yeah and i think you know a lot of times in our lives we'll we'll have we'll do something and we'll we'll find ourselves like man i'd love someone just to tell me i'm killing it right now i'd love someone just tell me like good job you know um and a lot of times we don't get that Mm. you know and we we do have to be okay with that i would go to look that's normal to feel that way Mm. because um i go to the bible where um when uh you know jesus was born uh god was like this is my son who i am well pleased why would he say that aloud why you know why Mm. would he say that because he knew the son needed to hear that. So like, mm-hmm. I I know that I need to tell my daughter and my daughters that like, dude, I'm, I'm super pleased. I'm really proud of you, you know? Um, and that doesn't go away just because we're adults, just because I'm an adult, you're an adult. That's, uh, I don't need that anymore. I completely do not need, you know, and I'm not yeah. saying we need it every day, but there are times where we just need a like, a good job. Right. You know, like, dude, you're fighting a good fight right now, like stoked. You right. know, so that's totally normal. 
Like, and, and you should understand, we should understand that that is normal. Mm. And, you know, we should understand that, well, we, we will need that sometimes and we will need to tell stories where we can invite people into that. Mm-hmm. I also think there's a difference between needing, needing that to, needing that constantly versus, hmm, I need some support. Yeah. Right. Um, or a lack thereof, I think, because I think when you get to the point where you need that affirmation to keep going, you get to the point where you're just doing things to please others. Yeah. And to, I think it's different for everybody. And when I think if a person reaches that point where they're needing to please others ahead of themselves, that's that point of no return or like that negative point. And if you're in, you're exactly right. Cause if you need an affirmation to affirm your identity, that's super mm-hmm. toxic. I mean, that's no, not yeah. good. Right. right. That's not good. Like, um, and honestly, there's times where, I'll be running and I'll be like, dude, you're a son of God. Like mm. you are a son of God. And I just, I just need to remind myself that, mm. that, that is what my identity is, you know, mm. and I'm not, I'm not going, you know, so it, it is, you're right. It's those balances and I'm, and we could talk about that for a while, obviously sure. where those balances are, but sure. it's taking that inventory and looking, going like, okay, yeah, like I know I need those things because that's how I'm built, but what am I seeking them for? Right. And and if you're seeking them for like identity purposes, well, that's mm-hmm. a red flag, right? I kind of see those affirmations like good job, right? You're like almost like a guidance, like a bowling alley, right? Where you're the you're the bowling ball and the I'll play with the bumpers up. I'm kind of bad at pulling, right? I was kind of use that as an analogy versus the gutters, right? So, like, you have the bumpers up and those affirmations, like, good job, like, you're killing it, like, proud of you, right? Coming from someone that you walk with, seek wisdom from, guidance, or, like, a mentorship, right? Having that kind of bounces you down the lane instead of going in the gutter Mm -hmm. to the ultimate, like, your goal or, or your, I said, like, end game or your, like, your aspirations of the pins, so I kind of look at those as like bouncing you along, not not a hand holding you along, right? They kind of like, yeah, keep doing that, keep going down that lane this way, not not um not pushing you, right? Or like not not holding you down the lane because mm-hmm. you're going down a lane regardless. Yeah. But you can either go in the gutter or go on, on the off the bumper, keep going the straight line. That's how I kind of look at it. Yeah, that um that made me think of uh. When I'm going down the street, you know, I'm just like, no matter how far you go or how far you run this morning or in life, how far you go, mm-hmm. that gutter is still the same distance from you. Hmm. That gutter will never be further than that far away, you know, um, meaning you can derail at any time. You yeah. can dive straight <laughs> into that gutter it'll always be that far away whenever you want to, you know, Ooh, okay. blow it up, you so know. So there's two different gutter analogies. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It, okay. It, it is different. Yeah, um, I, I get that. It's also like a, a oh, pervasive, a, like a persistent, I'd say like a motivator, almost like a, not a negative motivator, um, saying it's um, almost a consequence. Be like, you can choose to give up at any time, mm-hmm. but all, it'll always be there. It's almost like time. And versus like a positive motivator. I kind of like that. I kind of like that analogy too. Well, I like it in the sense of like, you're, you're going to go further down the road. And, mm-hmm. and I look at it from, 
I understand that analogy from the stance of you're going to go further down the road. More things are going to be given to you. You're mm-hmm. going to, you're going to, more things are going to be added to you. Your kingdom's going to get bigger. You're going to get more strength. You can, you will always have the choice to use that for good or for bad. Mm. You can use the things that you're given for good, or you can use the things. I mean, this podcast, you've mentioned it before. You can use it for anything you want. You know what I'm saying? So that's the way I sort of understand it. Um, and you see that all the time. I mean, we can, as men, we can clearly look at every situation and go, well, that guy was in power. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of things. Was he using it for good or for bad? Right. I mean, just go through the news or the leadership <laughs> and go, you know, ooh, yep, mm-hmm. that guy messed up. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of power and, you right. know, he just, yeah. you know. Um, and I get I get mistakes, but I there's a difference between like mistakes and knowingly using it for wrong, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you had good intent versus ill will, right? And I do like the gutter analogy too, because it's like an unrelenting, an unrelenting challenge or an unreal, I say it's always there. The opportunity is always there to throw it away. Mm-hmm. Or to use it not for, you know, not for the, not for others, mm-hmm. you know, that the, the uh, building up others as well, man. Another one I always look at is like, um, are you being tempted or are you being tested? You know, hmm. um, Tested is to find weakness and build up. Tempted is to find weakness and tear down, you know? Okay. Um, and always sort of understand, like, you know, I'm being tested right now. Like, I am, they're trying to find weakness in me and they're building me up. Yeah, yeah, You know? And then, like, whoa, I'm being tempted right now. Like, they want to take me out. Okay. You okay. know, they're not trying to find weakness in me and build me up. That's they're trying to take me out here. Tempted versus tested. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tempted to tear down, tested to build up. Where's, where'd that come from? I don't even know, man. I just, I heard it one time. Um, someone had said it. Um, clearly, I borrow everything from something and somewhere. <laughs> um, and I was like, that's good. That's so, that uh, really, uh, I understand that. Right. You know, and for me to to ask myself that is um, under, to understand the situation and understand, you know, what, what is happening right now and yeah, and you know, hopefully that you can enjoy that and and go forward with with joy. And right. Hmm. Yeah. Well, joy to you is what? Um. Yeah. I mean, joy to me is like honestly finding things that like we talked about before challenges. Yeah. And and finding ways to you know get grow mm-hmm. and, and and get 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 around. I don't say get around them, but just grow from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say like joy versus happiness. Like yeah, happy, that's true. Happiness is that acceleration that you feel, and then joy is like that constant, I guess like a lower level energy that you're content. Mm-hmm. No, there is, and there's some good ones on that too with, uh, yeah, I mean, joy is, joy is a great one, man, because it's just like, are you thankful? You know, right. joy is just like, are you stoked? Are you thankful for the things that are going around you? You know, mm. it's maybe literally, is it the glass half full? Because it's just like, it's always that you know right that, that you're sort of showing up in that manner yeah, and then yeah. happiness is like whoa that worked out that was sick sure, you know sure, sure, sure. i'm like ah oh, man i i blew that one but it's mm-hmm. you know um it'll be fun to get a get another crack at it right i think like happiness from my my life would be like yeah happiness would be like a, like a home run right but joy is like spending time at the field with your boys uh with the team right that would be like that, the thing you kind of miss, the thing you look forward to, 
versus that kind of slow, like that fast acceleration that you kind of feel with happiness, that fleeting feeling. Yeah, there's a, not such a, I mean, it for your life and my life and the seasons that you're in, it's such a big net on, on or such a, you know, big area on where that lies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm almost thinking I'm, you know, thinking with my family or something that's that's tough for me to do, but that I find so much joy and happiness in it, mm-hmm. you know? Wait, did you always want to be a family man? I did, you know, I always wanted to experience things that I have, that I haven't experienced. Mm. I think, um, was just like, oh, you get one crack at it. Like, we know it's different than you want, that you would like to experience, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I, I obviously wanted to figure out how I could, you know, um, be the best dad or, you know, learn things that I learned and apply those to, to my kids and right. same thing with, I mean, clear that's the hardest thing to do, right? A relationship and a husband and a father is clearly the, because it's the area, you know, that most damage can be done. Sure. You know, I mean, if I'm single right now and I go mess up, like it's the consequences are not as high, you know, I don't mm-hmm. want to say mess up like, Oh yeah, there he goes. He's using that ditch analogy. Right. And right. Um, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I mean, it, clearly my kingdom's a little bit bigger. So sure. clearly the, you know, the enemy wants to tempt me and, you know, cause it's there, he's going to do more damage, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. so of course you want the stakes to be, to be high and to, you know, um, but yeah. Stakes high. Yeah. That adrenaline junkie over here. <laughs> Surfer. <laughs> have you, I mean, have you gone skydiving? Are you into that? I have skydived. Um, and that was a little, that's a little bit like, um, when, that's a little bit like the barrel and a little bit like getting pounded really hard okay. where they're all instances where you're, you know, bungee jumped off some, some stuff. And, um, but they're all instances where there's so much happening that your brain goes, I can't process it all. Right. So I'm not going to process it all. You're just going to remember certain little things and there'll be right. time where the, you know, the film strips sort of cut out where like, oh, I didn't remember that or that, but right. I did remember that, you know, kind of like a car crash, you know, sure. where like you remember certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so those, that is the similar thing that's happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, those things are, I don't know. What was the question again? <laughs> I was just, I was just saying like what, I mean, things you've done in your life. So I was like skydiving, also adrenaline junkie stuff. I was like fascinated by that versus like team sports versus like solo adventures, I'll say. Yeah. I think any time where, you know, that you've just gone like, well, this feels outside. I don't know what's going to happen here. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think being, finding how you can get attracted to that and getting drawn to that. Um, and finding the high in that, right. you know, it's just like, why do people drink or do drugs? Like, there's not, there's nothing. I mean, what's the greatest moment of like any of those things? Like, mm-hmm. it's pretty small and fleeting. Right. So just, you know, essentially doing something similar where it's just like, this really scared me, but like, this was what I was hanging on to. Like, right. that moment was the the sort of crescendo like right. and then just finding ways where like well that's what i'm going to be attracted to that's why i love that that's why um that's why i'm showing up there right you know um, healthier than drugs 
skydiving. But way healthier than drugs, for sure. Because, I mean, the symptoms of one is, like, really good, and the symptoms of mother is, like, death. Right. Well, I guess you could die skydiving, too, but... I would... <laughs> I guess that would be more noble. You could die surfing, right. yeah. So. Right, right. <laughs> right and can't then, remove death sorry no, right. <laughs> i guess you could die for both but which which one is like more of a lasting impact or like a lasting benefit right yeah well clearly i would say more people have died from drugs <laughs> right. no no right right i would clearly say do, do surfing more than drugs right yeah <laughs> um cj hobgood everybody glad to have you on here thanks for coming to visit we're about about an hour here it's the longest one so far I know, dude. I'm. I sometimes I can't shut my mouth. That's probably to a fault. We're here for it. We'll record it all. It's all good. It's all good. How can we find you on social? Just type in CJ Hobgood on the Instagram. Um, that's kind of the only thing um, my brain is equipped to handle, and even that's too much, man. I'm. I, I need to. Those books keep staring me in the face over there. Um, <laughs> that that would really be healthy. That's an area I lack. Um, that I need to sort of find the balance. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. Cool. Um, and then I am active there. I'd say that's kind of the best and only spot really. Cool. Um, everywhere else is just like, if you see me, I'm probably not showing up there. <laughs> um, yeah, that's cool. it. That, cool. That's about it. I don't know if there was, uh, do you have any, as far as like people that n- might not know anything about me, what would they, um, what would they want to know? Um, so I, I graduated from high school, from Satellite High School in mm-hmm. Satellite Beach, and then I, I went on the surfing tour, the championship tour, so I competed for 17 years of my life, and then at 35, um, I quit, and then I went into um, a sales role at uh, this brand called Salty Crew, and we, mm-hmm. we started this apparel brand. Um, fast forward, that's seven years old, um, and that's been you know uh, beyond our wildest dreams. Yeah. And uh, me and my brother made a documentary that you can find on Amazon Prime. It's called Intuit by Sea. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Tosh from Tosh.0 Tosh. narrates the whole thing. Is it really? Um, yeah. And uh, so we did that. And then uh, right at COVID, I got my real estate license with my wife. Yeah. Um, and then that's been a good run. And uh, yeah, I live in Orlando, and I have three beautiful children, girls, and and uh, um, a wife that we're gonna be married. I think close to ten years here, mm. um, coming up, and uh, yeah, that's kind of that's me. That's you. That's me. <laughs> that's my story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, what? In a nutshell, there's yep. more to it than that. Clearly, as we've heard in the past hour, um, I figured I just gonna close it out there. That was a lot. Let's Thank you it. for that. No, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate that. Very cool. That's so, healthy for me. If you're listening to us on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. Hit that hit that like button. Smash that like button. Smash, Smash it. it. Uh, <laughs> um, feel free to follow us on Instagram at batbone underscore broadcast. Coming soon to other platforms. And our biggest goal right now is to get cameras in the studio so you can see everyone's lovely face when they come in. And also donate. We have a new donate link on the uh, description tab on YouTube. So feel free to do that so we can have those goals come to fruition. Guys, till next time, show your backbone.